Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Babylon with Babel. I am your host, Babel, and today we are going to be talking a little bit about Genesis. Now, it seems that a lot of people have struggled or still struggle with Genesis. I know for a fact I did for a very long time. It was one of those things where I struggled with the idea that God created everything really in six days because on the seventh day he rested, but you know, in seven days he he created everything. And I struggled with that for a long time. I'm, I'm very much a scientific person. I, even as a child growing up, my family was not religious really at all. But even then, even without that influence, I guess by by the technical standard, you could have called me an agnostic because I would look at everything in school, you know, being taught, you know, basic science and everything, but seeing the complexity of life, of even death, like how the biological processes of death down to a micro a microscopic and microbiological level is extremely complex and just mind-blowing and even as a child i was like well there has to be something there's there's something more than just well everything just happened for for no reason and even at the time because what we were taught in school was the evolutionary theory even as a child when hearing that i was like well sure maybe maybe that's how it happened but i don't think it just happened out of nowhere that there had to have been a well a creator and i didn't know again i didn't know if it was jesus or you know some other god or whatever i just knew that things were way too complex for there to it for for it to have just happened and randomly at that and that just by chance everything came to be so we're going to kind of talk a little bit about some misconceptions about genesis some misconceptions about the flood evolution fossils all all of these different things and we're going to talk in depth about that today but i just wanted to touch on this a little bit and before we get into it i know it's been a long time since my last episode I have been procrastinating when it comes to doing this episode. I feel like I kind of placed myself in a box because I felt on my heart that I had other things I wanted to talk about that wasn't about Genesis, but I had made myself out to do it because I had said I was going to do it. So, you know, I don't I don't want to be made a liar and not be a man of my word. So, here we go. Here's here's today's episode. Right off the bat, we're going to talk about Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? So if you struggle with this one verse, right? The very literally the very first thing the Bible says, right? If you struggle with that, you're going to struggle with the whole rest of the Bible. Okay? If you can accept that, that God created everything. You're, you're not really going to struggle as badly with the rest of the Bible. There's going to be some things that, you know, are going to make you scratch your head and be like, what? What? You know, it, and, it's, and it's a lack of understanding. It's a lack of being able to understand what God is trying to say to us. Because our, our minds are limited. Our minds don't have the capacity that the Lord has for 
intelligence. Number one. Number two, the Bible clearly states that the things of the Spirit, i.e. The, the Word of God, the th that the things of the Spirit are discerned by the Spirit. So if you're spiritually dead, i.e. You, you don't believe in Christ, and you haven't received the gift of Christ, that you're spiritually dead. So how can you be spiritually dead and learn things that are only discerned by the Spirit, right? So that's why even before I became a Christian, yeah, I've, I read the Bible when I was agnostic, and I read the Bible before I gave my life to Christ, and there were so many things that just went over my head, just blew right past me, and it, it I just couldn't understand it. And there was like one or two things that I could kind of wrap my head around, but there was just this disconnect from understanding what it said versus, well, yeah, just this disconnect from understanding what it said. And then I became a Christian and I read it again. And then suddenly it just, it's like, it's like someone flipped the switch in my head and was like, oh, wow, now I, now I can understand these things. And it was because my spirit had been brought to life. I had been reborn in the spirit and therefore I was able to discern these things by the spirit because my spirit was no longer dead. So for those of you who may be listening who don't know Christ and who are tuning in to kind of get an idea of what Christianity is and, and so forth, there's going to be a lot of things that I'm going to be going over, not just in Genesis, but throughout the Bible that are not going to make any sense to you at all. It's, it's just, it just, you won't understand. And again, and bear with me for a moment here. If you are dead in the spirit, how therefore can you learn things that are only discerned by the spirit? And I don't say that insultingly. I was one of those people. We're all born spiritually dead. That's why Jesus said you have to be not only born of water, which is the water of birth, right? And then to be born again in the spirit because we are born physically alive but we are born spiritually dead, right? That being said, let's move on and continue with, with uh, Genesis. So if you struggle with Genesis 1-1, you're going to struggle with the rest of it because how can you believe in miracles and parting the Red Sea and bringing people back to life and all these other amazingly, really impossible things if you don't believe that God created everything? Well, yeah, of course it's going to be difficult for you to understand. But if, if you can believe that, then God splitting the Red Sea is nothing. God bringing back someone from the dead is nothing. He, he wrote the code, so to speak. You know, it, it's, it's, like a, it's like a computer software engineer who, who writes the code from scratch. Granted, that's very difficult. I mean, not like building it, not like building the universe was difficult for God. I'm surely, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't, but in our human capacity, it's a difficult thing to do, but bear with me here. So the analogy is a computer software engineer writing code for a program. Well, at any point in time, the programmer can just go in and change the code around, add things in, take things out, change things, make one thing do this, make that thing do that. It is free game for the coder. Now for like someone myself who is just illiterate when it comes to computer language, I would have no idea how any of that happens. 
Not only do I not understand the process in which it's done, I don't even understand how doing this and changing this causes that effect. And therefore you get the, end, the, the new result and the change that takes place. So that's probably the best analogy I could think of off the top of my head, but it's like that to a much grander design and much grander uh, ability. So let's talk about theistic evolution. So theistic evolution, I, I believe I've mentioned it before in my prior podcast, is the belief that God used evolution to create everything. So he he kind of set things in motion, right? He, he made the Big Bang and, and like he was the one who caused it. And from that came everything. And then he just kind of stepped back and like let everything kind of develop into itself. There are not only scriptural issues with that, number one. Number two, there's scientific issues with that as well. So firstly, the scriptural issues with that. The idea that God used evolution the, and, and evolutionists and evolutionary theory is founded on the idea of natural selection. I'm sure you guys have heard the old uh, verbiage, survival of the fittest. So it, it it's essentially, you know, whatever was able to survive and live then got to continue on in life and then over time begin to change and adapt and evolve and blah, 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 blah. And that's how ty- ty- the Tyrannosaurus Rex became a chicken. That still is hysterical to me. Anyway, so this idea that essentially death is what brought about human life. The problem with that, again, scripturally, is that if death was introduced since the beginning of time, but the Bible says that death and sin entered the world when Adam and Eve rebelled against God and ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right off the bat, that doesn't make any sense, right? If we're going based on what the scripture tells us, how death entered the world. Now comes the question of, okay, so you're telling us that before the flood, dinosaurs were roaming around. That is that is 100% what I'm saying. Now, even to me, that was that kind of blew my mind, right? Like, whoa, there were di- like dinosaurs like walking around and stuff. Well, what's crazy is that in Job, which is the oldest written book that we know of thus far um, in the Bible, it actually mentions uh, two creatures: the behemoth, which was a land-dwelling creature and the leviathan which was a sea dwelling creature the behemoth was described as this massive creature that its tail was like that of a cypress tree now secular scientists who try to you know debunk christianity and the bible and everything well they they say and even even those who are theistic evolutionists who believe in god but believe the evolutionary theory as well they will say, oh, well, that's referring to an elephant. It's a, it's a massive creature, right? And those things get big. That's what the Bible was referring to. Have you guys seen the tail of an elephant? I think it's like a piece of string with, with, some, with some hair on the end of it. Like that's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a like, it's not, it's not a cypress tree trunk. And cypress trees are massive. They are absolutely massive. It's insane. So obviously, within context, what what other creature in existence is that massive and has a tail like that? 
Okay, like like the size of a tree. Now, and I'm sure, and I'm sure other people have thought, oh well, it's a crocodile. It's a, it's a it's an alligator. And yes, alligators and crocodiles get huge. I am from a part of the nation where there are alligators. They are massive. They can get absolutely massive, right? But here's the thing, that's not that's not a cypress tree tail. You, I can wrap my arms around like a massive alligator tail, right? Cypress trees were just mind-blowingly huge. So this has to be talking about a T-Rex. It has to be. And not only that, but it, it refers to in Job like where the where these creatures stayed and where their environment was. And it turns out that they were oftentimes found in like marshland. And guess where they find a lot of dinosaur bones? In the marshlands. Kind of ironic, isn't it? Well, it's not ironic. It's the Bible talks about it. The other one is the the Leviathan. Now, the Leviathan literally means like wa like water dragon. So apparently the idea of dragons is not impossible. Now, some of you are like, dude, seriously? Like a giant reptilian creature that can breathe fire? There are animals that have the ability to produce a, an explosive-like defense mechanism. The bombardier beetle is able to spray out phosph—I believe it's a phosphoric acid—and it ignites it with its with its hind legs. And, and in this process, it's like it's making this essentially an explosion. And I mean, so so the idea that a a biological creature could couldn't—I should say—couldn't produce fire is not outside the realm of possibility behemoth and leviathan in, in the book of job and job was that again job was before the flood again that's scriptural stuff right so now the, the scientific aspect of things right okay with everything being in harmony of each other right and the idea of evolution being you know we came from these little protozoa and then over time it adapted and yada 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 and then became fish and then well and then the question becomes well where did the plants come from right and then where, where were the bees to pollinate everything and so so we run into we run into right off the bat like even before there's really like animals doing their thing we already have an issue right off the bat and that issue is okay well if plants are what produce oxygen and oxygen is what it allows us to breathe and carbon-based life forms to survive if that's the case, then you would have to have plants first, right? Before any before any mammal or creature came on land and started taking breaths, right? If that's the case, then there would have to be plants, right? Well, if there's plants, there has to be bees because bees pollinate. If it takes millions of years for there to be the ability to ad adapt to the environment, to change the environment, to to pollinate themselves, for bees to go, oh, hey, you know, I can get honey and get, you know, do that, you know, and all that stuff. If the plants came first, right, and then animals and creatures and things like that, how were the plants able to, how, how were they able to pollinate? Because we, we look at plants now, and if, without bees, uh, like a, a small percentage of plants would survive. And, and, and again, if that was the case, there wouldn't be enough plants on the earth to sustain enough oxygen to therefore give life. And then the bees still need oxygen, right? To, to I mean, it's not like they don't need air. They need to breathe as well. So if there's not enough plants, 
because there's not enough bees pollinating the, the plants and there's not enough plants to produce enough oxygen in order for the bees to survive and for other life forms to survive, how was everything even created in the first place? So, so right off the bat, you find a contradiction. And the issue is, is that unless these things were immediately put into place, right? Plants, insects, animals, so on, so forth. If all of these things were not immediately put into place, one of them would not survive and then therefore the other ones would not survive. It just wouldn't happen. It couldn't happen. It is impossible. Now we go on to the idea of, okay, well, what about fossils? right? Carbon dating, carbon 14, carbon 12, so on and so forth. You know, we, the different layers of strata, all this. Let me throw something at you. When there are massive floods in just, you know, in, in a, in a state or in, a, we'll even say a country or whatever, right? When there are, when there is a, a large enough of a flood and everything settles down in the mud and the dirt and everything settled down, when we look at it, it's an exact replica of what we see in strata, just on a smaller scale. It is exactly the same. You have the different sediment layers and that's what you get. It's, it's an exact replica. So when you look at things like the Grand Canyon, you go like, oh, well, that's, uh, you know, 1 million years and that's 2 million years and that's 10 and that's 50 and blah, 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 blah. Well, all of what can be explained via the evolutionary theory can be explained through the creation theory. The Grand Canyon, the layers of strata, the fossilizations, all of that, right? So speaking of fossils, we often see a lot of like marine fossils on the top of mountains and land animals at the bottom of the ocean, like super far away from anywhere near the ocean. We, we, we find fossils like that. So, I mean, obviously it would make sense to find marine fossils in the ocean and find land or terrestrial fossils in or on the mountains and things, things like that. That would make more sense because, because again, if you had this evolutionary theory of, you know, a, uh, and they, they even agree something chaotic happened at some point in time something chaotic happened where all life as we know it ceased to exist, right? Something happened where every animal in the world died, right? So the question then becomes, okay, well, how did this happen? Well, again, when you look at the evidence of what floods and what we see modern in modern day local floods, and what we see is that it's an exact replica. You 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 will find like small animals. I mean, obviously a, a massive flood could do these to like mammoths and tigers and all these other things. But in a, in a local flood, you'll, you'll find smaller animals like squirrels and raccoons and uh, rats, they mice, things like that. But you'll find them in the exact same way. And with enough time, they begin to fossilize. They begin to be, become preserved. It's, it's quite fascinating when you see this, this happen. So one other thing that I found to be extremely uh, intriguing is that apparently they found a cypress, a fossilized like cypress tree, right? One of these massive giant trees. And it was really well preserved. And what was crazy about it was it wasn't like 
a piece of it in like a single layer of strata it wasn't a you know a, or a whole tree like laying horizontally you know in one layer of strata like like as if it fell down and then the or, or because of the cataclysmic event happened it fell down and then you know was horizontally in that position and then over the course of million years blah 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 no it it's going through several like like I wouldn't say straight up, but, you know, at an angle, vertically, it's going through several layers of strata. Now, based on what evolutionists tell us, that couldn't happen because each layer is millions of years, right? So either if we look at the evolutionary theory, it tells us that, well, and again, now this this is meant to be satirical, so so bear with me. So this tree lived millions of years over the course of millions of years, slowly fossilizing from the base up, because obviously the further they say the further you go down, the older it is. So let's let's just think about that for a second, okay? So if that was the case, how could the very bottom of the tree where it gets its its nutrients, its everything, right? The roots, the nutrients, how it how it gets those, all that. How could it stay alive? Oh, number one, over the course of millions of years. And yes, trees do get old, but they don't live. They, guys, they don't live millions of years. There's nothing on this on this earth that lives millions of years. It just doesn't happen. Trees are impressive. They can live hundreds and hundreds. It wouldn't surprise me if there's a tree that's like a thousand years old. But millions? Come on. And then not only that, but slowly fossilizing and turning into rock as time goes on? That that doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. That doesn't line up. Now, what does line up is that there was a massive flood. It ripped the tree out. And then once all the mud and all everything settled, it got into that place and then it began to fossilize. Right? That that makes sense. Not only that, there was another time uh, a group of archaeologists found a, a, a set of fossil bones and it belonged to two separate creatures. Okay, two, two separate creatures, right? Now, what was fascinating was... Although they were in the same layer of strata, one of those creatures belonged to that strata, the, that, that era of time, but the other creature didn't. The other creature had been reported to be found different layers of strata that were like supposedly, again, I say supposedly, millions of years apart. So how could these two creatures that are supposedly should have never existed and cohabitated within the same time frame be right next to each other? And what's what's funny, I wouldn't I shouldn't say funny. What what's ironic is that all of these fossils they all show signs of violent death being thrown and and blasted apart and just annihilated like something massive hit them and it was so powerful that it just tore them apart i don't know if you guys have ever experienced floods but if you're in a flood and you i mean just when the wave hits you and you if you survive that you gotta think 
there's trees, there's rocks, there's all these, all these things that you can hit into going super fast. Now, obviously today we have buildings and cars and other things like that, other things in the way that just makes it that much more dangerous. But even back then, I mean, they had giant boulders, you know, so that makes sense that these creatures would be going through and, and going, you know, into the water, probably drowning almost immediately. But then at some point, some of them hit rocks, some of them hit cliff faces, some of them hit trees that were still standing upright at that time, or just all of these different things in the water smacking against each other going really, really, really fast. So again, it shows even more evidence towards a flood. Now, another, another issue that people tend to have is, okay, well then how did people live for hundreds of years? That's crazy. People can barely get to a hundred and still live a, a life. Whereas in the Bible, it talks about people being 700 years old and still, you know, being relatively active physically. Well, here's the funny thing. Scientists have proven, and these are secular scientists, scientists have proven that the aging process that we humans and really all life on, on planet Earth experience really is due to radiation. Our bodies have the natural ability to regenerate. You know, you cut yourself on your arm, you're, you heal. Sure, you'll get scar tissue, and that's that. That is that is a lot of science to go into, and, and I I could I could talk about that for 20 minutes just on how scar tissue works and the development of scar tissue and all that, right? But we're we're not going to go too into too depth on that, but follow me here. So your skin has a natural ability to regenerate. So does your liver. If you want to donate to someone who needs a liver transplant, they don't like take your whole liver or they cut half of your liver out and then you, oh, well, you have half a liver and, and then guy or the person getting the, uh, the transplant only now has half a liver. Now it, it the liver regenerates. It actually grows back. And what's funny is they have determined that it's not just our skin. It's not just our liver. Our entire bodies were genetically structured to completely regenerate. So not even like, like your muscle fibers, your brain tissue, your ocular tissue, your bones, your teeth, everything, everything was supposed to regenerate, right? But then, but then something happened. Well, we have dubbed that to be radiation. Radiation violently kills cells and slows down regeneration processes. It's been proven. And as we see radiation go up, we see the lifespan go down and the ability for physical regeneration to go down, as well as other physical ailments like cancer, for instance. What caused this, right? Well, in the Bible, Genesis talks about this, this water canopy that surrounds the earth. Now, some people consider this to be the atmosphere. It's not. It was a separate thing. It was this vapor that was around the earth, right? In the Bible, it talks about how this, this water vapor essentially not only protected the earth, but also gave it this, this really nice climate that there wasn't any rain because it, it just like this mist kind of fell on the ground and watered everything kind of like dew, but on a much grander scale to the point where it was like as if there was a rain and there you go there that that's how life sustained itself 
or I shouldn't say life sustained itself, I should say that's how God sustained everything with this water canopy so where there wasn't any rain, right? So once the once God used the flood, one of the things he did was he he let go of the water canopy. He he stopped supporting it and let it fall to the earth in the form of rain. For the first time it rained. And in doing this, that protection is gone. Now it it didn't really start taking effect until sometime afterwards. But nonetheless, when this flood happened, it just, you see a nosedive, a, a complete nosedive in the length of which people lived. And now, and then it gets to a point where it kind of bottomed out and we're, you know, around 120, you know, it's kind of like, that's like really old, you know, that's like really old. And that's really like where, where we're at now. But there, there, there's this, there, there's that issue. One thing I do want to, to say is based on what the definition of science is, and I know I've mentioned this before, or I think I've mentioned this before, is science, if it's a fact, right? Scientific fact, not theory, fact is this. Number one, you have to observe it. Number two, you have to measure it. And number three, you have to repeat it. You have to be able to repeat the experiment and and have those things happen all three need to be able to take place for it to be considered a scientific fact based on what science and the scientific community call a scientific fact right well here's here's the bit you cannot do any of that with either the evolutionary theory or creation now let me explain so the first one it has to be observable right well none of us were there Boom, right there. You you can't do that. You cannot observe the beginning of everything, the creation of everything, right? That, and, and again, this applies to I'm saying that I'm saying this applies to both evolution and creation, okay? You can't observe it. You weren't there. Number 2, you can't measure it. You how do you how do you measure creation? How do you measure evolution? You can't can't measure it because again you weren't there to measure it so that that that's the second one and then the third one is you have to be able to replicate it you have to be able to do it again well guess what you can't create everything again regardless of whether it's evolution or creation it's not gonna happen they even tried doing that i remember several years ago they did the whole particle acceleration experiment where they tried to slam two particles together to create a big bang. And it's like, <laughs> what What I thought was so funny was like, okay, if this is how you guys thought, cre- like this is what created everything, was from these two particles slamming into each other because they were going so fast and generated so much energy that it ripped apart space-time and created everything. Why, <laughs> why would you try to replicate that? Number one. Number two, who let you try to replicate that? That's like, that's like literally trying, that's basically an experiment saying, hey, if this succeeds, we're all dead. Because the violent explosion would therefore destroy everything. I I just find it so funny where it's like, okay, if you really believe this is going to happen, why would you try to do it? 
why would you try to replicate it? But of course, they, they tried doing it and it failed. It didn't work. It, it, obviously, there's we're still here. It didn't create anything new. It just it did nothing. It, it I think it like lit up a little bit and that was it. It's like, okay, cool. We can split an atom and create a massive bomb from splitting an atom. Cool. And and whatever one other thing I want to throw out there. The Big Bang Theory is based on the idea that two particles were accelerating so fast and then at one point, just by chance, they slammed into each other and created this massive force of energy and all this other stuff. And then somehow that energy converted into physical matter, which then created, again, it just doesn't make any sense to me, number one, because how does how do, how do two particles in an explosion that have no physical, real, I know they technically have mass, like particles have mass, but like real mass to therefore create matter, number one. Number two, where did those particles come from? If nothing, where the idea was that nothing existed and then Big Bang, where did the particles come from? How do you add this variable into the equation when there's no explainable and, and reasonable reason to say, okay, that's how those particles got there? Okay, who put the particles there? How did those particles come to be? And, and again, there's no answer to that. There's there's no answer to that question of okay, well, where'd the particles come from, right? And then and then the question becomes okay, let's say let's say they answer that question, and I'm sure it's based on speculation. But even if they got that, and they were like, oh well, this is what happened to create the particles. It's like okay, well, what created the thing to create the particles? And and so you see that you see this line of illogical conclusions where it's like, okay, this doesn't make sense. How do you get everything in existence from nothing? Number one. Number two, how do you therefore explain the complexity of everything down to the the microscopic all the way to the macroscopic? These giant, massive ecosystems and these giant, massive creatures and all of these other things and explain that away as, oh, well, it happened randomly. That doesn't make any sense at all. Because how, it, you, you just look at DNA and it's so complex. How can you sit here and be like, oh, well, that just randomly happened. Everything just coded together to where it perfectly, uh, that doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. I, I, I cannot, and I again, I'm a science buff. I cannot sit there and be like, yeah, man, that just happened randomly. So one cool thing that I had read about was Isaac Newton had a model of the solar system. And it was, you know, at the time, it was a very impressive model. And one of his good scientific friends who was an unbeliever came in and, you know, he was like, oh, wow, that's, that's, a, that's an amazing model. You know, who made it? And Isaac, being a believer, was like, oh, no one made it yeah it just it just you know showed up it just came to be and his friend was like no dude get out of here that no that it, there had to be someone who made this i mean i tell me who it is because i mean i want to i, I want to you know give them congratulations on such a beautiful model i mean th this had to have been made and isaac says again no it's it it just showed up no one made it it just happened to be it just randomly happened it, i turned around and it was there and his friend getting more getting more uh, adamant about it was like dude no seriously tell me wh who made this who created this thing it's beautiful 
stop messing with me. Just tell me who made it. And then Isaac goes over to his friend and says, this model is just a poor imitation of our wonderful universe. You know the laws and the precise order which govern our universe. I can't seem to convince you that this model, this toy, does not have a designer or a maker. However, you have said many times that the solar system, which this model represents, just happened. Now tell me, is that the logical conclusion of a scientist? It's, it, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing how we as people can see man-made creation, right? Cars, cell phones, cell phone towers, the internet, all of these different things, right? The, the very mic that I'm using right now to record this and this computer program I'm using to record this and everything else, right? That, well, yeah, obviously someone had to make that, right? I mean, it, the, the mic does, didn't just grow out of the ground one day and just, oh, well, look at that. Oh, I just you know, plug it in. Oh, cool, USB. And I plug it into my computer. It, no one in their right mind would come to that conclusion that these man-made things just happened. And even though there is some complexity to this mic, to the crane holding the mic, to the software program that I'm using to record this right now, all of these things, yes, they, they are complex, but keep in mind, look at the complexity of everything else. How ecosystems work, how DNA works. DNA is absolutely mind-boggling how it works. The brain, not just the human brain, just brains in general, regardless of the animal. It's, it's fascinating. The, that we have electricity running through our bodies to keep our heart pumping, to keep our brain functioning and actually like being able to send neurological signals to other different cells and other different things and being able to, that the body communicates with itself through electricity? Guys, that's, that's mind blowing. And that's just one aspect. That is one aspect about life. I could sit here and talk about every little thing, down from geography, to animals, to humans, biology, anatomy, the physiology, chemistry, astrophysics, just like all of these different things. It, it just happened randomly. No one, no one made it. How could you think someone made this? But then again, I can't convince you that nobody made my house that I just walked up one day and boom, there was a house. Or like slowly over time, a house just developed. Which for any of you, <laughs> any of you who are in construction may or, or have done a construction job or maybe have contracted someone out for construction knows how long it takes to build a house sometimes. So maybe that does feel like, <laughs> feel like if you evolved a house. But it's foolishness to say like, oh, well that just, ha that house just naturally came to be. No. you. I cannot, con no one can convince you otherwise. So why then do you struggle believing the vastness and the complexity of the universe from big to small just couldn't have been created by a creator? Kind of backtracking a little bit, one of the things about fossils is they have yet to find a single linking bone or what's known as a transitional bone 
in any species in any fossil that they have ever found. Can't find it. They they cannot find it. So when they say that, oh, well, fossils prove, it doesn't prove anything. If anything, it proves a flood. But the idea that you got a chicken from a Tyrannosaurus Rex is laughable. That's why when I first said it, 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 it it's funny how... It's amazing how it, they how these grand leaps, but again, you look you look at the at the fossils, and it's like, okay, well, how did you go from this species to this species? Oh, well, you know, this looks similar, and that looks similar, and we found them in the in the in the same area, you know, just different levels of strata, blah 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 blah. But then they go, okay, well, where's where's the thing in between? Where's where's that that rung in the ladder so to speak that says okay this became this because it was this in the on the in between there isn't because because let's be honest here if there was if there was a transitional bone it it would be blown up in the scientific community it would be all over the news evolution has been proven the creationists are baffled blah blah it, it, it'd be all over the news it'd be it, it'd be widespread. It would be insane. But yet, here we are. It's still a theory. So I, I don't, I don't assume to know everything about Genesis, about the science behind Genesis. All I know is, is that when I look at the evidence that evolution brings forth, and I look at the evidence that creation brings forth, I don't see the evidence backing up evolution. I just don't. And my thing is this, and I want you all to understand this. I want the truth. I just want to know the truth. That's all I want. I want to have better understanding. I want to understand how these things came to be. And years, decades of me thinking it was evolution. Now I don't think it is. Based on the evidence. Based on what not only the Bible says but also the science that is in the Bible. And again, how we have found these things out to be true. It's amazing. So a bit of a foundation on Genesis in terms of the science in it. And now one thing I want to keep in mind with you guys, and I want you guys to also keep in mind, is why is Genesis so heavily attacked? Right? Why is it so... For many, number one, unbelievable, but two, why is it such a difficult thing to believe and accept and and why the scientific community condemns Genesis and creation and, you know, therefore God? Well, and those of you who are believers, I don't know if you, any of you guys are unbelievers or questioning faith or so forth, and if you are, I'm, I'll pray for you guys, but keep in mind there is the enemy the devil satan that wants for you to not believe one of the best things for him to do is try to run genesis through the mud and be oh well you know it's not true it was just a fantastical story there was no such thing as adam and eve it was evolution death somehow brought about life which makes no sense 
and just just all these other different lies and how it's like oh well it, you know it doesn't make sense but it's all these other different things right and and remember the bible says that the world is under the sway of the evil one so for those who don't believe in god who are scientists they're gonna be under the sway of the evil one they're gonna be under the sway of satan not that they're possessed not that they're being you know controlled by the enemy in that sense right but just like put, putting it in their hearts that hardness and that hatred and that anger and frustration when it comes to the things of the bible especially with things that contradict their way of thinking the devil wants nothing more for those people to be puffed up in their pride to be so absorbed by their knowledge and, oh, well, I have seven PhDs and da 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 you know, whatever. I mean, good for them. Good for them. They went, they went to school. They got educated. That's great. But you see how poorly they really look at the world in reality, in truth. So keep that in mind. That's why a lot of people struggle with Genesis is because the world is against it. The world doesn't want anyone to believe that Genesis is true. I hope that you guys understand where I'm coming from. A bit of an introduction to Genesis, a bit of a foundation, I should say, of Genesis. Because if you don't have a foundation, which Genesis is the foundation of the Bible, if you guys don't have a, a foundation to a house, your house is going to fall down, right? And here's the thing. If Genesis isn't true, then the rest of the Bible isn't true. It just let's let's be real here. Like if if any part of the Bible is not true, and it's false, and it's what we what we will say wrong or inaccurate or not of God or whatever, whatever you want to say, and and Christians do this too. They will they will pick and choose what they what they will believe in. And I've heard I've heard Christians say, well, I don't believe in the Old Testament. I don't, I, I don't believe in, in anything of the Old Testament because that's, I, I don't know what their excuse is, or I don't believe in Genesis, or I don't believe in Adam and Eve. That was just a nice story to try to describe everything to the people and everything else is true. Well, here's the thing. If you can apply that logic to Genesis, therefore you can apply that logic to everything else in the Bible, right? I mean, it, it just doesn't make any sense logically right either all of it is true or none of it is true period there is no in between you you cannot have one foot in the world and the world's understanding of what the bible says and you cannot have another foot in the bible or in the heavenly understanding of what the bible says you just can't it's one or the other and for and i was one of those people who tried to have a one foot in both worlds and i was absolutely miserable both in understanding and in practice, I was absolutely miserable. I didn't understand anything and my life was in ruins because I'd be out partying, trying to talk to people about Jesus, and I'd be at church being being convicted because I was out partying. So either way, I was, I was not having a good time. <laughs> oh, and speaking of Adam and Eve, scientists, again, have now proven scientifically that we do originate from an original two human beings. Every single person on the face of the earth, past, present, and future, we all have two common ancestors. Every single one of us. One male and one female. Every single one of us are, are 
we are all related to those two people. What does that sound like, guys? Who who does that sound like? I'll, I'll give you a hint. Adam and Eve. I actually just gave you the answer. It's Adam and Eve. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Scientists say, oh, well, that's, you know, the first, the first two humans, right? Because, you know, there had to be the first humans. Well, if that was the case, you know, why, why, why aren't there certain people? Because obviously it wouldn't have just been just two people, right? One male, one female from, from the evolutionary line. There would be other ones, right? I mean, logically, there would have to be other ones. And then therefore you'd have, okay, well, the people, these people are, are, are related to, to these two original first humans and these two individuals and, and so on and so forth. And it's like you, you would basically be splitting up the world in like these categories based on the, their, their two originating ancestors based on evolution. But they've determined every single person on the face of the earth are related to these two people. Only two people. That's Adam and Eve. And again, that lines up with the Bible, that lines up with evolution, ev I'm sorry, that lines up with the Bible, that lines up with what Genesis says, that lines up with, with the genealogy and all of these things. It lines up with it. It just does. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope I spoke well enough for you guys. I hope that I didn't stumble over anything or that I had misspoke. I really, really hope and pray I didn't misspeak anything. But again, uh, if you guys have any questions for me, please feel free to go on my Instagram or my Twitter account and leave me a message. Uh, DM me if you guys want to just directly message me and have it be more of like a private question. And if you guys want some prayer, please feel free to also message me about some prayer requests, all that. I will be more than happy to pray for you guys for whatever it is. I know at some point... I will be doing an episode about redemption. I'm not saying it's the next episode, but at some point I would like to do an episode about redemption. There was a gentleman that I had contacted with on social media and he recently became a Christian and just, I want to have an interview episode with him talking about how God has redeemed him and given him freedom from a lot of these things that he was struggling with. So at some point we will have that episode about redemption and we'll talk about, again, his uh, specifically his redemption in his life and how God has redeemed him and, you know, touching on some things in my life that God has redeemed me. So I, I want this to be, I think I'm going to make this a bit more, I guess I'll say topical, but really I just, I just, I want to be talking about what God puts on my heart for that reason. I feel like when I forced myself to talk about Genesis, that's probably why I procrastinated so long is because granted the logical part of me wanted you guys to understand why I, why I think Genesis is true and why I think evolution is not true and, and use scientific fact and use things that are, are in the scientific community, both in the creation scientists and secular scientists. But I feel like that really wasn't where God was leading me in, to talk about. So from now on, things are going to be a bit more catered to what God wants me to say and what God, whatever God puts in my heart. 
hopefully soon I will go ahead and put out another episode. I have no idea what it's going to be. I'm sure it will be good. Hopefully. <laughs> Thank you guys again so much for listening. I hope you all are doing well. Stay safe. I hope I hope things for a lot of you start to look up. I know right now we are in this chaotic... There's just this chaos going on both financially, politically, socially, just everything. Everything is in chaos right now. And I don't just mean in America. Uh, it's it's really all over the world. And it, there may be varying degrees of it in different parts of the world. But I mean, it's it's getting wild out there, guys. It's It's getting pretty intense. So pray that God lifts us up as a nation and I know and I'm not and I'm gonna try not to get into politics I'm gonna try to to only bring up politics when it's relevant to this podcast so whoever you whoever you align with whoever you want to vote for you know what that is your right as an American citizen to vote for who you think is the best president I have my own opinions, you have your own opinions. Thank God we have our own opinions and we're not robots built to think a certain way. Praise the Lord. That being said, be safe, love one another, love each other. Jesus didn't tell us to love those who think the same way that we think. Jesus called us to love everyone, regardless of what they believe, regardless of of who they believe, regardless of what they think. And regardless of whether they're good or bad to you, because I struggle with that too, guys. But remember, it doesn't matter. Jesus loved them when they, Jesus loved them when they were nailing him to the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That love, that mercy, still there for those very same people, mocking, ridiculing him, beating him, killing him. He still had love for those people. We need to have that same love. Jesus called us to love each other as he has loved us. So let's do that, guys. I know it's hard, and it's not meant to be something you do on your own. It is meant to be something that God puts in your heart. In the Bible, God says, Give me your heart of stone, and I will give you a heart of flesh. I fully believe that's talking to people who are Christians. I know in my life, even as a Christian, my heart becomes hardened since April. Since all of this has started, my heart has slowly hardened up until a point. And it got to a point where I really just was just cynical. I just, I had no really any compassion for people anymore because of what I see of what people are doing. Just, and I'm sure some of you know about memes, I I would think, you know, losing faith in humanity. Just this, this like, wow, you guys are just ridiculous. I, I can't believe this. And my heart started to harden, even as a Christian. And I had to remember that verse and go, God, you need to take my heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh, a heart of compassion, a heart of mercy and grace and love. And remember, guys, love, love covers everything. If you can love one another... You won't sin against each other. It just won't happen, right? If you love each other, you're not going to sin against each other. So love one another. I pray that you guys are doing well. I pray that you guys are filled with the Holy Spirit, that you feel content and that you have hope. And remember, 
God is in control. God sits on the throne. It may be crazy, but he's still in control. God bless you guys. Have a great day. See you next time.